Today we're starting a new series called Shaped to Serve. And uh, you might be wondering why I have this whiteboard up here. I didn't forget that it was up here. It actually is up here for a reason. And it is back to school week. And uh, we're going to do a little uh, math. Maybe some addition, some attra- uh, subtraction in a moment. Uh, but the key verse for this series is, as Patrick said, Ephesians 2, verse 10, which he read. Uh, it says, For we are his workmanship, God's workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. So that's our key verse in this series. We won't be in this verse you know, every Sunday as we go through the series, but we want to keep this uh, verse always before us as we go forward in this series, Shaped to Serve. Now, before we get into verse 10, I want us to look at verses 8 and 9 first. Verse 8 says, you have been saved. Now, this is Paul, the apostle, writing. He's writing to people who are Ephesians. In other words, people who live in the city of Ephesus. Paul is an apostle, meaning that he was sent out by Christ to spread the message of the gospel, the good news that Jesus came into this world, fulfilling the Old Testament scriptures. He he died for the sins of the world. He he rose from the dead. He ascended into heaven. He's coming again. Uh, Paul was was sent by Christ to spread this message. He he spread it uh, in the city of Ephesus. He preached the gospel, and and many in that city uh, believed. And, and they formed the church uh, at Ephesus. And these are the ones that Paul is writing to in this book of Ephesians, which really is a letter, not a book. So when he says, you have been saved, he's saying, you Ephesians have been saved. So let's look at these two verses, verses 8 and 9. Uh, we want to answer three questions about the Ephesians' salvation. And the first is, what were they saved from? And we talk about salvation. That can mean all sorts of different things depending on the context. Salvation is to be rescued saved from from danger or or harm. Now, when we speak of it in the Bible as being saved, we mean something in particular. Uh, If you go back to verse 3, Paul says that the Ephesians had been children of wrath like the rest of mankind. So what they had been saved from was divine judgment. Now, this is an unpopular teaching, probably always has been, that there is such a thing as the wrath of God, but we also know that there is such a thing as the love of God. And of course, we emphasize the love of God, and I think the Bible emphasizes the love of God, but it's also true that there's also in Scripture the wrath of God. Wrath is another word for anger. God is angry about sin, angry about our sin, the Ephesians' sin. But thankfully, he's not 
only a God of wrath. We need to remember that God is not quick to anger. The Bible says over and over again that he is slow to anger. When he revealed himself to to Moses in Exodus chapter 34, what did he say about himself? He said, I'm a God who is merciful and gracious. I'm slow to anger. I am a God of steadfast love. So he didn't emphasize that he is a God of wrath. Yes, there is punishment for sin, unrepentant sin, but God is one who uh, is one who I'm hearing myself in an echo there, <laughs> wondering what was going on. Uh, God is, is, is not quick to anger. He's slow to anger. He's a God who, and I emphasized this a couple of weeks ago in the Psalms, he, he wants to forgive. He doesn't want to, to judge. And, and the cross tells us this, that Christ was sent uh, to save us, to be saved from divine judgment, that there's coming a day when we'll all have to stand before God But God has made a way for us to escape divine judgment, to be rescued, to be saved through Jesus Christ. And so Paul spread that message in Ephesus, and many uh, came to believe that message, and and hopefully all of us here uh, have or will come to believe that message of Jesus Christ. So what they were saved from is they were saved from divine judgment. We're all guilty before God because of our sin. We've broken God's law. We deserve punishment. We deserve hell, not heaven, but Christ came to bring salvation, to rescue us from that. So that's what they were saved from. That's what we can be saved from today. Second, second question about the Ephesians' salvation. How were they saved? We can look at verse 8 again. It says, for by grace you have been saved through faith. So, The Ephesians were saved by grace. That would be God's grace, which means that this salvation is not something that is deserved. It's a gift, and we receive it through faith. In other words, for faith in Scripture are belief and trust. More about that in a moment. But what we see here is that Paul says they had been saved by grace, by God's grace, through Faith, and that would be faith in Jesus Christ. And then the third question is, how were they not saved? So verse 8 goes on to say, and this is not your own doing, it is the gift of God. Now there's a big debate uh, within Christianity whether uh, this refers to, to faith or the whole uh, salvation of a person. We won't get into that debate this morning, but what we can know is that salvation uh, really starts with God, and, and He's the one who, who saves us by His grace. Uh, but what we are not saved by is our works. The Ephesians were not saved by their works. Verse 9 says, not a result of works, so that no one may boast. So salvation, uh, it's often said that we could think of it as a gift. It is a gift. Scripture says that. It's given by God, given by grace. It's not something we earn, not something we could ever deserve because of our sin. 
It's by grace, a gift given by God, and it's our choice whether or not to receive it. And we receive it through faith, through putting our trust in what Jesus has done for us. Not in what we can do for God, but what Christ did for us through his life, his death, and his resurrection. We trust in him, not in ourselves. And so it's by grace through faith. It's not by our works. So he says we can't boast. Now we can boast in the Lord. We can praise him for what he has done for us by his grace. But we can't boast in ourselves. We can't say, well, I must be a better person than than other people because I'm saved and they're not. God must love me more. We can't say that. It's all of God's grace. The faith really is not uh, contributing to ourselves, and it's simply simply us receiving the gift that God has given or offered to us. So how they were not saved, they were not saved by works. And we today cannot be saved by our works. It's by grace through faith. Now I said I brought this, this whiteboard up here. I'm going to use it a little bit this morning. Now math was never my top subject. So you can correct me if I'm wrong. But actually, we're going to start with uh, something sort of like what I learned in uh, physics class. There were formulas. Uh, I think I've forgotten most of them. I do remember uh, force equals mass times acceleration. Uh, That was the one I do remember. But some people think of salvation like, like this. That faith plus works equals salvation. A lot of people think, well, it can't be just by faith that I'm saved. Uh, I must have to add something to it. Uh, I must have to try to be the best person I can be, and maybe if I believe and, and do that, that I'll be saved, that I'll, that I'll go to heaven, my sins will be forgiven. Or maybe you think, well, I can believe, but I need to do these other things, like I need to be baptized, I need to, uh, I need to uh, take communion. And these are all good things, of course, that we're supposed to do. But what Paul says here, it's by grace through faith, not by works that we're saved. So this is an incorrect formula. Faith plus works does not equal salvation. What Paul says here is that it's faith minus works, which equals salvation. Now, does that mean that works are not important? That we don't need to do anything as Christians? That we're not responsible uh, for anything? Well, no. And we see that in verse We're not saved by works, but verse 10 tells us that we're saved for works. Salvation is not a result of works, as verse 9 says, but it should. Salvation should result in works. So let's look at verse 10, which is our, our key verse for this series, Shaped to Serve. Verse 10, it begins by saying, for we are his workmanship. His refers to God. We are God's workmanship. And when Paul used the word workmanship, uh, I think he would have been thinking about something a person makes with, with his or her hands. Paul was a, 
was a tent maker by trade, so, so he would be someone who, who made things with his hands. He would make tents. Uh, maybe you have a hobby uh, in which you make things. Things are your workmanship. Maybe you have a job like that. I think of my, my mom back, this would be back in, the, back in the 80s. I don't know if people do this nowadays, but uh, back then I remember her uh, going to the department store and she would buy a dress pattern. She would pick that out and she would, she would buy fabric. And I remember, I don't, didn't really pay too close of attention to what she was doing, but I remember her, her spreading out the pattern over the fabric in the living room floor and uh, cutting out the pieces and sewing it all together. Uh, that dress was her workmanship. Later on, she would uh, make a dress for my younger sister. And those dresses would be her workmanship. Something a person makes with his or her hands. And he says here, Paul says here, that we are God's workmanship. The next word in verse 10 is created. Created in Christ Jesus. It really speaks of our, our recreation. He makes us new. If we're in Christ, if we have the Holy Spirit, then God makes us new. 2 Corinthians 5.17 says that the person who is in Christ is a new what? A new creature or creation. A new creation. God makes us new. Created in Christ Jesus. We are his workmanship. And again, that is by God's grace. Created in Christ Jesus. God's workmanship. And Paul says to the Ephesians, you are God's workmanship. You've been created in Christ Jesus and you have a purpose. Now, when my mom made those, those dresses, they, they had a purpose. You know, they weren't made just to sit in the closet and collect dust. They were made to be worn. And uh, some of those dresses my mom would make for my sister, they were made to be worn on, on Easter Sunday, special occasion. So the, those uh, dresses, my mom's workmanship, had a, a purpose, and as God's workmanship, just like the Ephesians, us today who are, have been created in Christ Jesus by God's grace, saved through faith, we also have a purpose. And this verse gives us one of those purposes. Notice the next three words. We've been created in Christ Jesus for what? For good works. For good works. So we're not saved by our works, but we've been saved for good works. Created in Christ Jesus for good works. So let's, uh, let's try some new uh, mathematical formulas. Uh, first of all, faith. Does faith equal salvation minus works? Being saved by faith. Is our faith something that results in salvation, a salvation minus works? We're not saved by the works. 
But does that mean that, you know, we can, we can be saved, we can put our faith in Christ, and that salvation means, well, you know, I've got this ticket to heaven, uh, now I can, because I'm saved by God's grace, I can, you know, live however I want, I, I don't have any really responsibilities uh, to God, to the church, to others, uh, you know, maybe, maybe I will do some things, but only if it's, you know, convenient for me, no sacrifices or anything like that. Uh, is that the kind of salvation Paul is talking about here? Sometimes we emphasize the first, but we forget verse 10, that we've been created in Christ Jesus for good works. So this is an, well, actually what I was going to do is I was going to, before, I, before we, we see if this is, is correct or not, uh, let's just give some numbers. I don't know if this is algebra or not, or what this is, but let's just plug in some numbers. The numbers have no significance, uh, but let's say that faith is number nine, works is number four, and salvation is five. We know this is a, a correct formula. I said uh, math wasn't my best subject, but I'm pretty sure mo- nine minus four equals five. Does everyone agree? All right, so let's say that now we continue that on, that faith is nine, salvation is five, and works is four. Does that, does that work out? Nine equals five minus four? Is that correct? No, it is not. Five minus four equals one, not nine. So let's, let's put another formula there. Let's see if this works out. Faith equals salvation plus works. Let's plug those numbers in again. Does that work out? Nine equals five plus four. Five plus four equals nine. Nine equals nine, which would be correct. So, faith equals salvation plus works. Now, this is true according to the Bible. This is a biblical formula, not really a mathematical formula, but a biblical formula, which Paul is, is, uh, is, uh, is teaching here, that faith results in salvation. It's a faith not, uh, not in addition to, not adding our works to it, is what I'm trying to say. Uh, faith alone in Christ results in salvation, but that salvation is for good works, Paul says. So it's not that we keep ourselves saved by our works. It's all of grace. We stay saved by God's grace, not by our works, not not trying to earn what, what God has given to us. It's all of God's grace, but the grace that God has shown us, the spirit of God that he's given to us, it changes us so that we are now new creations created in Christ Jesus for good works. And so faith, uh, you could say, is salvation plus works. Now, uh, let's look at the end of verse 10. Which God prepared, speaking of the good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk, in other words, live in them. So what that is saying is that God has prepared for us good works to do. He prepared this for us beforehand. Before what? Well, certainly before our salvation, but 
This goes all the way back to even before the creation of the world. God prepared beforehand that in our lives we should do these works. He's prepared for us good works for us to do. So uh, we can emphasize as, as Baptists that, you know, it's all of God's grace by which we're saved through faith in Jesus Christ alone, not by our works. But we also need to look at verse 10, that God has created us in Christ Jesus. We're his workmanship, a work of God's grace. And we have an intended purpose not to sit and collect dust, but to do these works that God has prepared for us in advance. So that brings us to the series Shaped to Serve. God has shaped each of his children in a unique way so that we can serve in a unique way. Good thing. How has God shaped you? How has he shaped me? Thinking of you know, our backgrounds, what we've experienced in life, our interests, our personalities, whether we're male or female, uh, maybe some of the adversities we have faced in life, our abilities. These are all ways in which God has, has shaped us in unique ways. Uh, The New Testament also speaks of of how when we are created in Christ Jesus, when we have the Holy Spirit to come within us, that he gives us what are called spiritual gifts, uh, special abilities to serve, to serve one another, Uh, whether that is is encouragement or generosity or teaching. There's a long list, and perhaps the New Testament doesn't give us a complete list, I don't know, of all of the spiritual gifts. But God gifts us through his Spirit in many different ways. He shapes us in unique ways. So how has God shaped you? Well, he has shaped us not just to make us unique, but also to allow us to serve in unique ways. How has God shaped you? Uh, Think about the good works that he's prepared you to do. And maybe you don't know all of these good good works that God has prepared for you to do, but we want to think about that as we go forward in this series. God has prepared for each one of us, if you're a child of God, if you've been saved by God's grace through faith in Jesus, if you've been created in Christ Jesus, if you're his workmanship, you have been uh, given in advance, God has prepared for you to do certain good works. And and of course, we can't know all of these good works that God uh, wants us to do, uh, but all we can do is is, uh, use what God has given us Use uh, the ways that God has shaped us to serve in unique ways. So, are you willing to do those good works? Whatever God has prepared in advance for you to do, are you willing to do them? Well, consider what God was willing to do uh, for you. You know, He asks us, He calls us to serve, to serve Him serve Christ, to serve uh, one another, to serve the world. But God was also willing to serve us. 
the Father gave his Son. Christ died, was willing to die for our sins. Think about how God was willing to serve us. In that sense, God is the greatest of all servants. Christ was the greatest of all servants uh, when he came into this world, serving others, uh, washing his disciples' feet, taking time for others, dying on a cross for our sins. Christ was willing to serve us. He was willing to do those good works that were prepared beforehand for him to do. And are we willing to do those good works that God has prepared for us? So I'll leave you with those three questions as we close. Think about how has God shaped you? Second, what do you think are some good works that that God has prepared beforehand for you to do? And finally, are you willing to do those good works?